Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding healthcare. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. My producer, Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. Our latest affiliate in Brownsville, Tennessee, WGBT. We are very happy to have them on board. FM, broadcasting our show on Mondays. 203 affiliates now. Again, as I always say, thanks to all of you out there in the listening audience. So we're very happy to have them on board, and welcome to our broadcast family. Uh, If you want to follow me on Facebook, you can do that at America's Healthcare Advocate. It's America's Healthcare Advocate. There's a lot of information up there. You can even go up there and see my latest video that we did. Actually, we did two of these with my friend Kong. Kong is about a 110-pound German shepherd here at the Tico Production Studios who decided to sit in my video uh, here the other day. So there's two uh, two videos up that you'll find amusing and somewhat informative, I hope, uh, featuring myself and Kong. Kong doesn't have a lot to say, but he's certainly paying attention. So those videos are on the website. You can also uh, follow me on Facebook at America's Healthcare Advocate. You listen to one of these shows, I uh, get a lot of requests that come off of the podcast. So the podcasts are on TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and SoundCloud. We're on all four um, of those platforms uh, available out there. Uh, if you want to tell somebody, hey, I heard this show, uh, he had a great guest on, and she was talking about this problem or that problem or some other problem, uh, you can uh, tell them, go up to the podcast and listen. They seem to be quite popular these days. I get a lot of calls off of them, so feel free to do that. You can also send me an email from the website. As I always say, you know, I get a couple of hundred of these a day, so it takes me a while to answer them, but I do faithfully answer each and every one of them. So if you send me an email, you are going to get an answer. All right, joining me today, and this is going to be, you know, this is very topical right now with what we're going through with COVID-19, or as I lovingly call it, Conehead-19. That's humor, people. Um, It is Jan Dubescus. She is vice president of healthinsurance.com, and we are very happy to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Jan. Oh, thank you so much for having me today, Carrie. I appreciate it. Well, what I like about your company, and we've talked quite a bit uh, prior to the broadcast here, is the fact that, you know, we are getting an enormous amount of people. We'll talk about this in the third segment in more detail, but we're getting a lot of people coming to us um, off of the broadcast, off of the website, off of the podcast, Facebook, et cetera, who are you know, making health insurance decisions because sometimes they don't have a lot of choice right now. They're being laid off. They're being furloughed. Um, uh, maybe they're, you know, chronologically challenged like me, okay, and they're moving to Medicare early because they're, you know, even though they're 66 or 67, they were still working, and now they're like, you know what, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm going to go on Medicare. And so what I thought was fascinating about your website, this is what I, uh, this is what I want to tell you folks out there listening, is they've got everything up there. That, that could be beneficial 
beneficial to you, and it's a great place to look, and it's a great resource for you. There, there are ACA Obamacare individual policies up there. If you qualify, you know, you heard me tell a story here a couple of months ago about a school teacher who w- was going to have to put her family on the policy because her husband lost his job. The premium was, I don't know, fourteen or $1,500 a month. Yeah, for him and three children, she qualified for an ACA. They paid 90% of the premium. So he did, rather. So that information is up there if you want to look at that. They've also got short-term policies up there. So if you're not getting a subsidy and you want to look for a short-term policy, that can make a lot of sense. And they also do Medicare up there. So all of that information is there. There's also hospital indemnity insurance, specialty insurance like cancer insurance and all the rest of it. It is on their website, healthinsurance.com. So with all of that, Jan, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You know, and, and don't forget, we've also got pet insurance. You can cover your German Shepherd as well. You know what? <laughs> I completely forgot. <laughs> you know what? I completely forgot about the pet insurance part. Holy cow. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. And believe me, folks, pet insurance is a good thing to have, especially if you have a boxer uh, like I did. So I'll just point that out to you. All right. So let's start off with just talking about some the various changes that are happening as a result of the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic. And, and one of the first ones that we had in the, in the show prep that we talked about was the use of technology, or you call them silver techies. I kind of like that because I certainly qualify as a silver techie if you all have seen my pictures on the website. So, so although I'm not very techie, but I'm definitely silver. So let's talk a little bit about what all that means, Jen, and what's going on. Um, with getting seasoned citizens, those of us that are chronologically challenged, to become more technologically embraced, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what happened was we started selling the Medicare plans and, um, you know, we were interested in studying the, the senior market. And what we were finding is that the information that's out there really doesn't match up with the information that we know. So we were told that, you know, seniors aren't very technologically advanced, that they don't use smartphones. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, my mom, she's 78. She has a smartphone, and the you know my my colleagues they're, they're sitting there thinking the same thing. Like this this doesn't match up with the seniors who we know. So we decided to run our own survey and and find out from seniors themselves what devices are you using? Are you you know are you embracing technology more because of the pandemic? Things like that. And um, what we found is you know just the opposite of all of the data that we've been given, and it matched what we have been hearing in our own lives is that seniors are much more technologically savvy than I think anyone has given them credit for. Did you know 90% of seniors um, have a smartphone? That's a, that's an enormous percentage of the seniors that are using this smart technology. Um, Seniors are uh, using wearables, you know, 35% of seniors um, use a Fitbit, an Apple watch, something like that to monitor their health. Um, And, you know, they would, four and ten would be interested in wearing something that would help them with social distancing so i think it's interesting seniors are open to it um i have observed in my own family my mom uh you know she missed the grandkids and so she went online and bought an ipad and had it you know shipped to her home and learned how to use her ipad so that she could video chat with my daughters um and so what we're seeing is that seeing you know more than 50 percent of seniors are video chatting once a month Um, Seniors are much more technologically savvy. So I love the term silver tech. I think that's um, an area now where we need to realize that there's an opportunity to grow technology that's specific to seniors because seniors are open to it. So that's, I think it's really exciting good news. 
Yeah, I think I think I'm going to uh, hijack that term "silver techie" for you and start using it on the radio because I, I I really do like it. And you're right. You know, it's a funny thing. I, I just this weekend uh, we did FaceTime with my oldest daughter in Orange County, California, and and, yep. and watched our our um, our uh, granddaughter running around with her new puppy uh, around the pool. So uh-huh. yeah, yep. and that's something we really did not do a lot of. Before. We we've done it, but we're doing a lot more. We were supposed to be out there on two different occasions. We had to cancel both of them because uh-huh. of all this stuff going on. And so we haven't seen them since, um, well, February's when we saw them last. Right before all of this happened, we happened to go out and we were able to spend two weeks out there. We have not seen them since then. So that's a long time to go without seeing your grandchildren. Yeah, I, I absolutely. In our survey, 38% reported that they haven't seen their grandkids in person since mid-March. Um, and so I think that's, that's part of what's driving people, right? I, I haven't seen my grandkids. I want to be in touch with my family. So I'm going to do what I need to do. And here we go. We're FaceTiming with Grandma. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it is. And there's certainly enough of us doing it. One of the other things I saw before we go to break here was uh, ordering prescriptions online. Now, that that's interesting. So talk a little bit about that in, in, in your survey, what you saw there. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is that we have the ability to order our prescriptions online and use these online pharmacies. There, There's a lot of different technologies surrounding pharmacies. You know, there's websites like GoodRx that will tell you, Um, you know, what the common cost for a prescription is in your area, things like that. And so what we're finding is that seniors are taking advantage of some of these opportunities. If you can go ahead and order your prescription online, then you don't have to go to a pharmacy and expose yourself to potentially the virus. Um, Stand in line and wait for the pharmacist, things like that. It's much more convenient just dropping it off directly at your doorstep. So we found that um, nearly a third of the, the prescriptions are ordered online through a pharmacy. Now, my my perception is that the ones that aren't ordering their prescriptions online, it's either because uh, they don't have an awareness of it or because it's an irregular prescription. You know, if you got an antibiotic, you need it immediately. You're not going to order that online. But if you have regular prescriptions, a third of people are ordering their prescriptions online. So I think that's really, really interesting. It is interesting. You're right. Um, it, it, it does beat the daylight out of the going steam. Because every time I go to the pharmacy to drop one off or pick one up, there's five people in front of me, and I have to stand there for 40 minutes, yes. you know, with my iPhone trying to look at what's going on in the news app. So so you're right. There is a <laughs> big shift. There you go, with your yeah, smartphone. <laughs> and, and, and there is a big shift. And there is a big change. So we come back from the break going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk about um, the impact of COVID-19 on things like people leaving the house. We already talked about what happens when you haven't seen your grandkids. We're going to talk about doing things like putting off dental appointments and all the rest of it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. If you want to look at their platform, maybe you're one of those people that's thinking, hey, you know what? I'm getting close to retirement. I think we're going to go ahead and move to Medicare. The website is Health healthinsurance.com healthinsurance.com it's a great website there's a ton of information up there great place just to go look and compare what's in the marketplace all right we'll be right back after the break with our guest jan dubaskas vice president of healthinsurance.com stay tuned we'll be right back with more
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIE Radio Network. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. My producer, the always perfect Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us again. My special guest today, Jan Dubaskis, Vice President, HealthInsurance.com. They got a great website. And I'll tell you, if you're looking, you know, we get calls from people all over the country, even Guam. Okay, you know, you've heard me talk about that from time to time. If you just want to know, knowledge is power, people. If you want to know what's out there and you want to know what's available, go to that website. They've got a host of platforms there. You can look at all these different kinds of coverage um, and and figure out what, hey, you know what? This might work for us or this might work for us. It's all up there on the website, healthinsurance.com. All right, so back again, Jan, joining us uh, in this segment of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the impact now. You know, this is interesting. I told you the story off air that I've got a neighbor who uh, was socially isolating himself, him and his wife. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I mean, they wouldn't go out of the house. I mean, it, some people, uh, you know, look, I think we all know you need to wear a mask, okay? Don't be a dummy and wear a mask when you go in a grocery store or you're at Home Depot or whatever it is you're doing. It makes sense. You know, you wear it when you walk in a restaurant uh, and you know, so you get to your table and then you take it off. Those things are practical. But some folks are just scared to death of this thing, Jan. And how much of that do you think is yeah. really justifiable when we look at some of these numbers out there? You know, I think the senior population, uh, they've been hit particularly hard. You know, they're more scared than, than the younger folks. And that's the, I, I get it. You know, you're, you want to protect your health. You want to make sure that you don't get something that is going to, you know, take you to a, a place you don't want to go. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, grocery stores in our area, they open an hour early for seniors. And so they can go in, mask up. Um, you know, wipe the cart down and remain relatively safe um, as long as they can, you know, go in and out in that hour that they have before the rest of us go in. So that's actually a, a really kind thing that the grocery stores have done to make that accommodation for seniors. Um, but what I think is really interesting is that only six in 10 seniors have left the house um, to, to go, have only left the house to go food shopping or to the pharmacy during COVID-19. So 60% of seniors are, are going out to grocery shop, pharmacy, and that's it. Uh, 40% aren't even doing that. So I'm assuming that they're, uh, you know, relying on family members to bring them groceries, sending SOS messages and, uh, you know, having groceries delivered to their homes. But to do that since mid-March, wow, that's really extreme. Yeah, you know, it is. It's funny because you mentioned those senior hours. Um, <clears throat> Trader Joe's is doing it, and it's, I lovingly refer to Whole Foods as Whole Paycheck. Um, whole Paycheck, Whole Foods is doing it. Um, and I will tell you what's interesting about Whole Paycheck. If you go in the morning and you go early, like I go for, you know, for, for, for Lori and I, I'll go. There are more of these people in there with those carts with all the little bags out there <clears throat> on their phones going around picking up stuff, putting it in the different bags. Wow. And they're the ones who are the shoppers that are, that are doing what you just talked about. They're buying the goods. Uh-huh. You know, people are sending them their list of what they want. And yeah. Whole Foods just got there, – there's an army. <laughs> Sometimes they will outnumber us like 10 to 2 in those stores because especially in the mornings. Wow. Well, they're the first ones in there, right? So they're in there getting loaded during season citizen hours. Um, and, and it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Okay, Costco does the same thing. It's funny. You stand in line at Costco and start talking to people. They're all your age. And everybody wants to talk about, <laughs> you know, you're here at Costco at 
nine in the morning or whatever the time is on the day it's season citizen day. And Trader Joe's is the same deal. You know, they have a monitor out there that only has so many people in at a time. So, but there are ways to do it and do it safely. I think that's really what we're trying to get across to people, right? Absolutely. You know, my, my son is um, he's a grocery uh, clerk. He's a high school senior. and he's, a, he's been a clerk at the grocery store during the pandemic, working more than 20 hours a week. Um, and it's been a little bit scary, right? Like the grocery workers, these frontline workers, they're the ones who are, who are the most exposed, um, of anybody. And it's in my house. And, you know, what we've been doing is we're, we're boning up on vitamins, probiotics, uh, you know, he's, he's running, so he's keeping his lungs healthy because it's, of course, a lung disease and, you know, with lots of zinc and things like that. Um, and he hasn't come across anybody and he has not, um, spoken, you know, customers all want to talk about the other customers. What have you heard, you know, from, from about everybody else? And he really hasn't heard that anybody has been terribly sick in our area. So, you know, we've been very fortunate, but, you know, I can understand why, why people would be scared. It's, um, it's an unknown, right? It's something new that we're all dealing with and, and everybody's uh, got different comorbidities and, and health issues that could potentially have different uh, causes and, and reactions for them later down the road. And so. you know, you're right, but I'll tell you something, and, I, and, I, and I'll speak specifically about Whole Foods here and uh, Trader Joe's. Yeah. They are sanitizing the living hell out of those places. If you go in there to the store, you're getting a cart that's been cleaned by one of them. And, I, and when you go to Whole Foods, as you leave the checkout stand, they wipe the entire stand down. They've got a plastic shield in front of you. <clears throat> they wipe the entire stand down and then start the next customer through. And they're doing the exact same thing at Trader Joe's. So these stores, you know, from what I'm seeing, are taking this very seriously. Um, and, yes. And, and yes. You know what, Carrie, doesn't that, Carrie, doesn't that make you wonder? My son used to always tell me, oh, mom, you got to wipe down the carts. You wouldn't believe the gross things that we do in carts, all the, the dripping trash that we carry with the carts. And so I've, I've been thinking, they should have been wiping down the carts all along. <laughs> it, why are they giving us these disgusting carts? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> and, that, and, and, yeah, and, and that makes you think of something else. I, I don't know if you've flown lately, but I've, <laughs> I've flown a couple of times. Uh, we flew to California, and then we flew. Uh, I flew to Texas on business, and I've never seen such clean airplanes. Southwest has a whole yeah. crew standing by in what look like hazmat suits. They come in and they <laughs> clean that whole plane, and then you know, then uh, I mean, it's just remarkable to me. Which begs the question you just asked. Why weren't they doing this stuff before? Because airplanes are filthy, okay? <laughs> you know, literally, I always take wipes on before this ever started. I wipe everything down. I'm a germaphobe, so and so is my wife. So, but <clears throat> having said that, great question, yeah. huh? Why weren't we doing this before? Because we weren't doing it before, and some of that stuff is we pretty, weren't. yeah, it, it, it is pretty disgusting. So I actually think that's good, though, that, you know, and I think it's important for people to hear that and, and understand that, you know, there's a big effort being made by these merchants in the grocery stores and yes. the, the other places you're going to to make sure that people are as safe as they can be. And, you know, the other thing is people have to stop being knuckleheads. OK, I mean, look, it's not going to kill you to wear a mask and go into grocery store because you just talked about your son. I mean, you know, if I had a, a grandchild working in a grocery store, then I don't love to do that yet. But nonetheless, if I did, um, I would definitely want to, to work in a place where it was required that you wear a mask when you come in. You know, it might be a little different out in North Dakota okay, or Wyoming. All yeah. right. But it, <laughs> yes. it, but it, but when yeah. you're in a major metropolitan area, OK, um, you you got to be aware of this stuff and you got to understand, you know, everybody's supposed to be, you know, moving this thing in the right direction. And you've got a responsibility there, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the other thing about it is the people who work in the stores, so the cashiers, the courtesy clerks, those people 
are, are there, they're rendering a service to all of us, and they're going to be a whole lot more comfortable if we're being conscientious of, of them, right? And if we're, if we're just in solidarity with them saying, hey, we respect that you're here, and, uh, you know, we're going to wear a mask so that we can make sure that you feel comfortable coming to work because we want all of these people to continue coming to work, too. Yeah, and you know, that's really interesting because I made it a point um, when this thing was when we were when it was really flaring in March and April and even May. To yeah. When I went in, I told them, thank you for being here. We appreciate the fact. What the hell would we do if they weren't there and you couldn't go get the things right. you need at the grocery store? So, all right, we come back from the break. We're going to continue this conversation with Jen Dubascus. Now I'm going to talk about some things like telemedicine. I'm also going to talk about you know how this works on their platform and how it can help you stay tuned you're listening to america's healthcare advocate broadcasting here on the hiu radio network coast to coast across the usa welcome back you're listening to america's healthcare advocate show broadcasting coast to coast Across the Fruited Plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. My producer, Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Terry Hall. We're going to continue this conversation about all the wonderful things happening with COVID-19 with Jan Dubaskis, Vice President of HealthInsurance.com. Once again, folks, you know, this is, this is a resource, which is why Jan is on this broadcast with me today. It's a national platform. I don't care if you're in Tennessee, you're in Alabama, or you're in San Diego, California, or listening to us up in Spokane, Washington. You know, it doesn't matter. If you need help, this is a resource you can go to, educate yourself, and get some help and make a good decision about individual health insurance. You know, I just had a lawyer the other day whose daughter rolled off of the plan in terms of the group plan they were on. And she was here in Kansas City going to a university here to law school. And she needed to get onto a different plan, and they had no idea what to do. And there, you know, so she was able to go to the ACA, the Obamacare plans. But that information is up there on that website, and they can help you with that if you go to the website, healthinsurance.com. All right, so, you know, it's funny, Jan. I told you this off air before we were doing a little show prep. I did a show with Dr. Sweat here, Greg Sweat, who is the uh, chief medical officer for Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And um, mm-hmm. he's a frequent guest on this show. He's a very knowledgeable and great guy. Um, and one of the things we talked about was the difference in telemedicine. Now, as a broker for 21 years, okay, no, 26 years, uh-huh. actually, for 26 years on the group health insurance side, and even on the individual side, we would beg people to use telemedicine. So easy. The copay is five dollars, whatever case may be. You can do it from home. You know, your 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 child's got conjunctivitis, pink eye. Instead of rushing down to the ER and sitting there for three hours, go up online. You're going to talk to a real doctor. Usage was probably we gathered between ten and twelve percent. <laughs> well, when Doctor Sweat was on, guess what? It's jumped to now, and you and you you have this in your in in your. Um, notes for the show it's up to 93 percent it's up 93 percent rather over where it was so talk a little bit about telemedicine why this is a good thing and it's so much more convenient and effective jan yeah absolutely so you know a lot of people say well what is telemedicine so let's let's define the term first so telemedicine is um talking to a doctor over the phone over video texting basically a a not an in-person visit so you can talk to them on your landline on your cell phone you can text with your doctor you can video chat facetime that is a zoom meeting a go-to meeting with your doctor that's what we're calling telemedicine so i know it sounds like telephone but it also can be video chat or texting Um, telemedicine 
is very simple and easy. Um, and there's there's a couple of ways to go about it. First, you know, we usually think of telemedicine um, as with our doctor. So a lot of doctors are right now reaching out and saying, hey, if you're interested in coming into the office, you know, in, in an appointment, we're happy to meet with you via telemedicine. Um, and one of the things that happened with the Medicare, expa- Medicare expansion recently was Trump um, allowed telemedicine to be um, expanded into Medicare. So before there were privacy concerns that prevented it. Um, and we said, you know what, he said, we're in a pandemic. Let's go ahead and, and allow the telemedicine and, and we'll take care of the privacy uh, with it. So telemedicine um, is talking with your doctor. If your doctor doesn't offer telemedicine, there are telemedicine plans that you can buy where for, say, $12.95 per month, you can then um, call in and have access to a doctor. Now, your doctor or a, a telemedicine plan that you buy, what they can do is they can talk with you over the phone, talk with you over the video chat. They can um, diagnose you. They can send you to a lab for to get labs. They can send a prescription to your pharmacy. So, you know, the easiest example, and you kind of brought it up, I picked up my daughter from daycare. She's two years old, and she obviously had red ooey-gooey eyes. So pink eye, right? Five yep. o'clock. Yep. What are you going to do? Yep. You, and, and it's painful and it's awful. Okay. So here are my choices. I can go to urgent care right now and sit in urgent care for the next four hours. I can uh, wait until tomorrow morning, call the doctor's office at eight, get an appointment at two. I have to miss a whole day of work. In the meantime, she's got a whole nother day that she hasn't gotten her eye taken care of. Right. Or my husband was like, why don't we call our telemedicine provider? So we did. We called our telemedicine provider at 5.30. By 6 o'clock, I'm picking up a prescription down at my pharmacy. Isn't that amazing? It's that fast. I mean, really, isn't that it's, wonderful? It's wonderful. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, so telemedicine is really good for pink eye, sinus infections, bronchitis. Um, you know, you're kind of every day. I think I know what I have. Um, recently, my daughter had croup, and we called in the, the doctor, and they were able to hear her cough, and they diagnosed her with croup. So routine matters are what telemedicine, and that's where it really shines. Yeah, it does. And, 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 and by the way, folks, they have that service on their website, which kind of a segue for me to ask you. Describe a little bit about sure. all the different things that you guys do, because you've heard me talk about it as we come in off the break. Um, so let's just kind of break it up. You've got start with the ACA Obamacare plans and what you're offering, and then kind of move to the three big ones, uh, ACA Obamacare, Medicare, and now the short-term policies, which, by the way, have 3 million people nationally enrolled in them now over the last six months. So go ahead, Jan. Sure. So healthinsurance.com is an online site where people can research and then choose to buy health insurance plans. So we're um, available in, you know, most all states. Um, and we also have a phone number at the top. If, if you just want to call and talk to someone rather than, you know, I'm reading a lot of stuff, I'm still not sure. Uh, we have a, a phone number, 866-955-0898. Um, on our website, we sell Medicare, Medicare Advantage, um, and have you know a variety of carriers to choose from. The carriers will change depending on your area, um, and uh, you know we have information on um, ACA plans. We uh, we sell cancer insurance, um, dental insurance, hospital indemnity. Um, like we we teased earlier, we sell pet insurance, um, which is also you know really important for many pet parents. We have telemedicine plans, so starting at $12.95 per month, you can have access to a doctor um, to get prescriptions and good things like that. Uh, and there's also short-term medical um, information available on the site. Short-term medical is a plan that we haven't talked about very much today, 
um, but it's for people who are um, uninsured, uh, who are, uh, you know, are, and it will cover unexpected accidents or illnesses. So, you know, if you're looking for something that you're between jobs, uh, you know, got laid off during the pandemic, lost your employer plan, short-term medical might be the right option for you. It's typically about $100 per month um, and can help if you have some sort of an unexpected catastrophe take place. So we have a variety of plans available, um, and we also have visit and people um, standing by who are happy to talk to anyone um, about the plans that, that would be right for them and would be the right fit. And, you know, it's interesting because that short-term plan, and because there are people that are kind of in a trap, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. If you don't if you you know if you don't qualify for a subsidy and you try to buy an ACA yeah. plan as I mentioned early going of this show you could be paying fifteen sixteen seventeen hundred dollars a month okay for health insurance because right. you're not getting a subsidy but you some of these short term policies like the Blue Cross policy here in, in the Midwest now uh, that that Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City has they've got doctor office copay ER uh, you know it, it's it's got generic prescription drug benefits there are a host of these plans out there and as I mentioned earlier. The enrollment numbers are up to 3 million people, Jan, because they're affordable, like you just mentioned. Um, and and, they, and they, they now last for a year, whereas they, they were only a three-month plan uh, during the last administration. But again, President Trump make an, made an executive order, and they're, they're year-long plans now, which is a big deal, yes? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what happened with, when the ACA was passed, short-term medical was was recognized as an important part of insurance planning, and it was allowed for up to 364 days. Um, and then there was concerns about the enrollment numbers, and so the administration reduced availability to 90 days. Um, and that didn't really that didn't really make as much sense if you think about short-term medical as a stopgap for folks who are between jobs. The Department of Labor says that the average unemployment period is 25 weeks. So obviously, 25 weeks is more than than 90 days, um, and so for someone who is unemployed or someone who switches jobs and their new insurance doesn't start for you know, three months, um, short-term medical that can be a, a really good answer for folks like that. Um, especially someone who's lost their job, you know, that's not someone who's looking to spend a lot of money on their health insurance unless they have a chronic condition that they need coverage for. If you don't have a chronic condition, if you're looking for unexpected accidents or illness coverage. And short-term medical could be the right right coverage for someone. Yeah, it, it, it does make a big difference. And, you know, folks, uh, you've heard me talk about this before. If you are in that situation where you were laid off, you were furloughed, you lost your group coverage, whatever, this can be a very viable alternative. And you heard her say you can go to the website, healthinsurance.com. Uh, they've got a lot of information up there. Go up there and read what you want to read. If you want some help, there's a phone number on the website. All you have to do is call that phone number. They'll be happy to chat with you. And the, the plans are indigenous to the geographic area you're in. So if you're in Texas, it's not going to be the same plan typically you're going to see in Georgia or the same plan you're going to see up in Oregon or our friends up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So yeah, th- this is an opportunity to get information, make a good decision, and then go from there. All right, folks, when we come back to the break, we're going to talk about something very interesting, which I've asked Jan to do, and that is the public option, which is currently part of the platform uh, for the Democrat campaign uh, for this, this election year. What does that mean? What is it? What's it going to do? And what can you expect? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. We'll be right back.
You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Watch one of those entertaining videos up there. There are some interesting interesting videos up there, folks. My producer, Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. Joining me in studio today, Jan DeBascus. Actually, she's joining me. Where are you at, Jan? I forgot to ask you that. Where are you Where are you connecting with us from? I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, so you're out in Arizona where it's a cool 105 degrees today, probably. I'm just making that up. But I, I know <laughs> that's have, not... We have exceeded our heat. Yes. We've, okay. We've, we've hit the limit here. There, yeah. there, there you go, folks. So it, it is a little warm in Phoenix. Lovely town. I love Scottsdale. I love Phoenix. The website for the company she works for, healthinsurance.com, healthinsurance.com. It's a great resource. If you want to know what's in the marketplace and how it works, go to the website. There's a phone number up there. You just want to talk to somebody. They are happy to chat with you. So uh, feel free to go to the website. All right. So, you know, and I asked you about this when we were doing our show prep because I want to make sure you were comfortable talking about it. But, you know, it's in the platform for the Democrat campaign. I've actually got the platform and read it. Uh, the public option is going to be part of what they run the selection on. I have a lot of trepidation yes. about this and, I'll, and and we can get into that. But I, but I want to hear your impressions of what you think putting a public option in play is going to do. You, you know, you're not an insurance company. You're a super broker, if you will, you know, representing plans all over the country. What do you think is going to happen when, if they jump in with the public option now? Well, you know, I think first we have to look at the public option itself. I'm, I'm looking at the, the website right now, and it says that the plan will give you the choice to purchase a health insurance option like Medicare. That's really the, the extent of the detail that it provides. They say that they will negotiate lower prices from hospitals and other healthcare providers. They don't say how much they're going to pay. They don't say how much it's going to cost the public, you know, if it's going to be a $200 per month uh, premium or if they're going to give it to the public for quote-unquote free. Um, and so really there's there's a lot of details that are missing from this public option that would make it viable or not viable, right? I, I, first of all, I just want to point out, I think that there's a lot we need to do as far as understanding the details before really anybody can endorse it um, one way or the other. And, and what's interesting about a public option, similarly to Medicare for All, is the idea would be to have, it's all about the network, right? So it's about how much people are paying. It's about the healthcare prices. And that's really what makes it attractive because this initial discussion about healthcare back in, in the 2000s was about healthcare reform. Somehow or the other, it turned into health insurance reform. Mm-hmm. But really, the root. Go ahead. No, you're right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, remember, absolutely. You can the keep, root issue. Yeah, remember, is, remember is, Jan, is the, the, famous, the famous line you can keep your doctor and you can keep your health yes. insurance plan. No, not really. Yes. Okay. No. Now, no, no. Yeah, so no, really. So the issue is really going to be the network and how much pe- and how much the, they're paying for the various services. Um, if, if we're talking about something that's a similar to a Medicare for all, where the cost is, you know, the Medicare pricing, then what that's going to do is that's going to make the doctors evaluate it. Because today they take a balance of Medicare, mm-hmm. um, various insurance company uh, costs, and then cash. That's right. And so if you're going to have less cash, you're going to have less insurance, you're going to have a lower cost of the Medicare, then the doctors are going to balance out, does this work for my business? Yep. And some doctors are going to say, no, thank you. They already so do. So you have a high... They yeah, already do. Absolutely. There, yes. there, there are a lot of doctors yes. won't take Medicare. Well, we take everybody, but we don't take Medicare. Oh, okay. Well, yes. that means 40% of the population you don't take. So that's already there. Yes. And the reason for that, Jan, is the reimbursement level that Medicare reimburses at, which is 110% basically of Medicare. That's how uh, on their price 
chart, what they reimburse for a particular procedure, whether it's a knee replacement or a prostate exam or a breast exam, it's 110%. What the carriers pay in the real world, okay, is more like 200, in some cases, 300% of Medicare because that's what the hospitals and the doctors demand. Yes? Right. So they're subsidizing it. So what happens when you take that away? When you take away that extra money that you just talked about, what's going to happen to the doctors and the hospitals? Well, they're going to be the ones that are going to say, you know what, I just can't afford to take this pay cut. So I'm going to take insurance and cash only yeah. moving forward. Yeah. I'm not and, going to take Medicare. Yeah, and, and the other thing I right. see is you've got government competing with private industry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somehow, I, I don't think that's going to work out real well, okay? You know, when when you remember when all the carriers jumped in on ACA, I remember Aetna and 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 the big blues and Blue Cross of Kansas City right here was the first carrier in the country to get an actual ACA plan approved and in place. Okay, and they stuck with it for wow. three years. After they lost thirty nine million dollars. They said, we've had enough. And the same thing happened with that. And the same thing happened with United. Now you've got one or two carriers in most places like Centene or AM Better. Okay. And maybe you've got one or two other plans like Cigna or somebody else. And that's it. Before all of this happened, we had 10 or 15 carriers in a market competing with each other. But you put a public option in place. <laughs> how is that going to work? I mean, from a standpoint of competition, I don't know. I I, I have I, I really question whether this can function or not. With if it if the real purpose of it is to provide affordable health insurance, if the purpose of it is to open the door to do as Barney Frank famously said, uh, to kick the door in and bring about Medicare for all, then that's where it's going. Yeah, and I hear you. And I, I, one of the things that I think is interesting about all of this is that the goal here, according to the platform, is to have an estimated ninety-seven percent of Americans covered. Um, and so that just means closing the gap. So today we have 28 million people who aren't covered. Uh, you know, there's, there's something like 10 million people uh, who are eligible for Medicaid, probably don't even know it, right. um, and could be covered under Medicaid in their state. Right. So then you're talking about 14 million people who, who aren't covered. Um, and then of, of that 28 million, five of them are illegal immigrants. And so we need to determine as a group, as a country, what we want to do. Uh, related to that, but I don't think that's necessarily fair to include in that number. So, you know, then we're down to to 9 million people. Um, And so if you're down to 9 million people who are uninsured, certainly there is something that we can do, a catastrophic level plan, um, you know, expand Medicaid just a little bit more, something like that. Um, But, you know, that still gets into the range of this 97% of Americans that they'd like to have covered, and they think the public option is the way to do it. I don't think you need a public option. I think you just need to better manage what we've already got. And you're absolutely correct, and I agree with you 100%. And I think that's what people need to understand. I'm telling you this, people, because it's going to be part of your decision process as we move forward with this election. Jan, thank you. I think we should do some more of these. That was really excellent having you on today. The website, folks, for her company is healthinsurance.com. Anywhere in the country, they are happy to help you if you're looking for health insurance, Medicare, short-term, whatever, healthinsurance.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein, the one who follows the crowd, but usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America.